Welcome to The Power of Stories, a podcast by women, about women, and for women. Their voices and their stories. I am Sharon Catherine D'Agostino, a passionate advocate for the empowerment of women and girls everywhere and the founder of SayItForward.org. And I'm Yodit Kifle-Smith, a creative dedicated to making sure the voices and stories of women are heard. I have the privilege of working with Sharon on SayItForward.org to do just that. In this podcast, you will meet courageous women from around the world whose unique path to empowerment will leave you encouraged and inspired. We are excited to have Denitra Hampton joining us today from Suffolk, Virginia. Denitra is the founder of Four Nurses by Nurses Productions. She is a retired Naval Nurse Corps officer of 22 years, a filmmaker, a philanthropist, a nurse storyteller, and a renowned historian. Denitra, thank you so much for making the time to be with us today. Thank you for having me. Denitra, I am delighted that you are here today. Thank you for joining us. And I'm really interested in knowing what inspired you to launch For Nurses by Nurses Production. That is the perfect question to start our conversation out with. I logged on to Facebook one day. This is about in 2019 when I first started storytelling. Now, mind you, I'm a nurse and just like every other nurse doing my nursing. So filmmaking was not something that I was thinking about. And I saw in my right view this event. And I noticed it just simply because it said Black nurses. So it wasn't what I was thinking about at the time. So I just kind of blew it off. But I logged on the next day and it popped up again. And it was an event that was being held at a museum in Staten Island, New York. And it was this young lady who was at this museum telling a story about these 300 African-American nurses called the Black Angels. And I was floored. So then I read the synopsis. I knew at the time I wasn't going to be able to go to Staten Island, New York, because I was in Virginia. So I'm thinking to myself, this is amazing. But I called the museum and I told them who I was and if I could speak to this lady who was telling this story. And I eventually, after talking with her for about two hours on the phone, I flew to Staten Island, New York with camera in hand and a young guy who was then my branding videographer. I had never picked up a camera before in my life. I took a flight to Staten Island, New York, and that is the making of Denitra Hampton, the filmmaker. So when people ask me, how did this happen for you? I simply defined it as divine because if I had not clicked on that event, no one would be talking to me today. So it was because of that one incident that you're talking to the filmmaker, Denitra. So that is how I became a filmmaker. So your question was inspired. I don't ever say it was inspired because I wasn't inspired. I say it was divine, Mm. that it was my calling, that it was something that the universe gave to me, a gift. 
And then the rest of it became my gift to the world. Talk to us about your film. The Dixie Three, Mm -hmm. a story on civil rights and nursing. This is what I call my COVID baby because (laughs) this story came to me during the pandemic. I was at my desk just doing some research and these three icons popped up on my screen. The story is out of Hampton. At that time, Dixie Hospital did not allow African-Americans to sit in the same lunchroom with white people. And so they would sit the African-Americans in this basement. It was these three nurses who decided one day on August the 8th, the same day as the March on Washington, how ironic, they decided that this was going to be the day that they stood up and they sat in that lunchroom. And when they did, they were uh, arrested and they were told to leave uh, the facility. But had it not been for Mildred Smith, Patricia Taylor McKenzie, and Agnes Stokes Chisholm, or Denitra Hampton would not be talking to you today. And that case took three years for them to be not only reinstated, but they were given back pay after that. And having experienced that whole case, having been able to now tell that case, and then being able to bring those families, the descendants of those nurses together, and say to them, we see you, we appreciate you, and we honor you was one of the most magnificent things that I have ever done in my life. You're talking about two who are still, Mildred Smith is no longer with us, but the other two are still living. And so we brought together at the Hampton History Museum, those two who were left, their families, the mayor of Hampton, and we gave them their iconic awards. And so this is what storytelling is about. And it's about being able to share now this with the world. Now you know who Mildred Smith is, you know who Agnes Stokes Chisman is, and I say their names, and who Patricia Taylor McKenzie is. They were the three civil rights icons out of Dixie Hospital, August 8, 1963, who stood up for every other African-American nurse who could not stand up for themselves. And I coined them the Dixie Three. You've always been in this space of, you know, diversity and equity and really pushing for that. What along your own journey caused you to see the the need to really push that forward? Well, Yodite, I am an African-American woman. Mm -hmm. That's it. Period. Mm -hmm. Every space that I walk in, I have to be constantly reminded of that. And that is part of my story. It's a great story, though because I love being an African-American woman. And that gives me an opportunity to share what the challenges are. And so I don't think it's something that I chose. It was something that was given to me. And so as a leader now, and as a storyteller, it's just part of my story. And I found ways to navigate through the world to be able to share it with people so that everybody can learn from that. Because it is a lesson to learn from African-American women, what that means. That is a lesson. And when you can articulate that, those challenges to people that they can learn from, it's a good thing because the real 
lesson in all of our stories is that people learn from you. You know, there's a quote out there, Maya Angelou said, I think when you, when you learn, teach, you know, so this is the thing for me in storytelling, wherever I go, there I am. Right. So when I walk in the room, everyone sees this African-American woman. And so I get to share all of my challenges, all of my fears, all of the things that I have overcame to the next person, whether they are black, white, blue or purple, they get to see this story. And then my job is to try to translate that so they can learn something from that. Mm -hmm. When were you aware, first aware of being a storyteller? I think as an educator, when you have students in front of you, you are a storyteller because you are the story. They're looking at you as inspiration, as someone they can take advice from or learn from. So stories are for us to share. So when I am educating, I'm sharing my journey with my students. So I consider that part of being, you know, stories. But in essence of, you know, filmmaking, that's another space of storytelling. But I've always been a storyteller just simply because I've been an educator. So I would say, you know, that started 10 years ago when I, you know, started teaching nursing science on a little chalkboard in this little shop in Suffolk, which has now, you know, went from a little shop to a studio. So we just kind of merge one level of storytelling to another level of storytelling. When you were growing up, was there a family storyteller that you especially respected? You know, Sharon, I am a country girl. And I was raised in this little small town called Paris, Texas. And my mom, she was everything. She was, in my mind, an angel on earth. And everything that she did was a story to me. So if you're thinking about storytelling as a little girl, you always look to your mom to give you that that story that you need to make it through the day or the week or whatever. And I remember in high school, when I graduated from high school, I had no idea what I was going to do because there wasn't a lot of money in my home. I remember my mom saying to me, you know, you can do whatever you want to do Mm -hmm. and you just need to make the decision. And so I made a, a real decision to go into the Navy, but she always supported me. And that story Her story has always been important to me. So I don't know in essence of being great storytellers, but I think as a daughter who had a real relationship with her mom, she was my storyteller. You spent 22 years in the Navy. You were a Naval Nurse Corps officer. What was joining the Navy like for you? Oh, boy. (laughs) That <laughs> listen, when I went in the Navy, Sharon, you, no one could have ever told me that I was going to be staying in the Navy for 22 years. But however, I did. But, you know, it was probably one of the best things that I've done. It is one of my proudest badges of honor, you know, to serve in that capacity. It has been rewarding on so many levels. I was not a nurse when I went in. I was just enlisted like everyone else. But then I was selected to go to 
uh, this program called the Medical Enlisted Commissioning Program, where you can go to the school of your choice and become a nurse. I had a, a chief at the time, one of my supervisors, who said to me, you should be an officer. You know, you, you do good work. You should do a good. You should be an officer. So you should apply for this program. So I did. And what happened in that program was that they sent me to nursing school. And I graduated from Hampton University School of Nursing. You know, it was one of the best things that I've done because, again, that's part of my story. Mm-hmm. And because I am a person who believes that everything happens for a reason, I had to do that 22 years in order to be telling my story. When I got out of the Navy, technically, nothing that I did in the Navy would have prepared me to be a solo entrepreneur or a filmmaker or, you know, a founder of this startup. Anybody who is running a company will tell you that you have to have discipline and you have to be consistent and you have to believe in yourself. And the military gave me those things. And so it was like a transition, but an effortless transition. Not that things are easy, but I do believe that because I had that experience, I've been able to sustain some things in a bigger capacity than most people probably. So when we first connected, you know, you said something that really I've never heard it shown in this light when it comes to storytelling or just sharing our stories. You you mentioned that it was a form of mental health. Mm -hmm. Talk to us about what you mean by that. I noticed that when I go to speak about these stories to universities and I'm on a panel, I can see the healing that occurs in the audience when they hear about the challenges and the struggles that these nurses have had to face and yet overcame. And what it says is that, you know, if these people were able to do that, then I can do what I want to as well. And look at the shoulders that we now stand on. All of that is part of healing. And I consider it mental healing because, you know, If you know, if you did any research on me, you know that my stories are centered around um, the African-American plight. And so we all know, historically speaking, there has always been biases and challenges in those stories. If you know, historically speaking, they have always overcame. So that has been part of mental health and healing. And I can see it in my audience, whether it's in crying or whether it's someone actually saying you know, this is amazing. It has changed my life. I can't believe this story. All of that is part of mental health. So Denitra, you know, this is a question that we like to ask all of our guests. How can we all encourage other women and girls to confidently use their voice and claim their power? You know, you deep. everyone has a story. Your story is your inspiration. It should always be your first inspiration. A lot of times we want to live out a story or a dream that was never meant for us. When simply the dream is our own story. And you have to believe authentically in what the universe has laid out for you. Whatever that process is for you, It's your story. And that is what makes you unique. That is what makes your shine so bright. And that is what makes your world spin so that everybody else can catch your wave. 
But as long as you are doubting that, because we live in a space where we want to look at everybody else's story, when really and honestly, the best story is within. The best story is yours. And if you can authentically believe that, you're onto something. It's game on. I tell my students all the time, it's you. You're the one. Nobody can be you. That's it. It's only one. So the moment that you click in your mind that your story is it, it's over. Everything changes. For anyone who's listening, especially little girls or young girls who are trying to find your way, trying to navigate yourself, don't look to the right or to the left or behind. Look forward. But first, look within, because it's your story. Your story is what propels you. Thank you for reminding us. The best story is yours. I think that's such a powerful reminder because you're right. Oftentimes, we are looking at other people's stories to inspire us, and they do. They have that power to do so. Thank you for making the time to be here. Thank you for for sharing your inspiring story. And to our listeners, thank you for making the time uh, to listen to this episode of the Power of Stories podcast. Thank you all so much. I think, again, the work that you're doing um, nationally and globally is so important. Stories are medicine for mental health. So be sure to use that and be sure to add that to your space because people need to know that. Thank you very much, Denitra. You are an inspiration and so many of your messages resonate with me and especially your point that our story should always be our first inspiration, our own story. And thank you, Yadit. You inspire me every day. And we also send big thanks out to Lisa Dijavine, who is the co-producer and editor of the Power of Stories podcast. And to our listeners, we invite you to visit sayitforward.org, a place where you are welcome to share one or more stories about your unique path to empowerment. Or you can read the stories of other women and girls. This is Sharon Catherine D'Agostino. And Yodit Kifle-Smith, Signing off for now and hoping you'll join us for our next episode of the Power of Stories podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, we do hope you'll give us a review and recommend the Power of Stories to a friend. And lastly, we want to remind you of the power of your story.